Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Travis Rasmussen. That's James Kutulis. Kutulis. <laughs> you got it. You got it right the second time there. So, all right. Kutulis. Kutulis. That's that's James Kutulis. I'm John Hogan. This is Super Flexible version 2.0 of the podcast with our brand new lineup and we're jumping right in with all the news and impacts from all the carnage of week five plus who's moving the chains and climbing the rankings who's losing yardage and who are we punting and we're going deep on the waiver wire and checking down through some super streak reads but first let's get to know my new colleagues James Katulis, welcome to the show, man. It's so good to have you on here. Um, we've uh, we've had some great conversations off air, so it's a uh, it's going to be so much fun to have you here on the show with us. Um, first of all, where are you from, James? Yeah, John. First off, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to be a part of this. Um, I am from Southern Wisconsin. Uh, currently living uh, near a uh, right right kind of near the border of Illinois and uh, and Wisconsin so I get a lot of Packer bear bear fans kind of living in the same area can get a little hostile but uh yeah that's uh that's where I'm from nice bears fan is that what you said so I I am actually a Browns fan which doesn't mix in with with the area at all but uh but right right on that Illinois border uh that Illinois Wisconsin border so there is a lot of Bears fans living up here um and so there's a lot of uh Chicago Green Bay type of uh of tension in here you know during those weeks when they play each other we get a lot of uh there's a lot of a lot of tense tense moments around here so yeah yeah it's a fun fun area for NFL football that's for sure beautiful so James tell us how long have you been playing fantasy, and uh, how long have you been playing dynasty? And also tell us what is uh, what's your favorite draft strategy, and let's just talk about a normal PPR dynasty league. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I've uh, I've been playing fantasy football for 19 years. Uh, I started be uh, before it was really hosted on the internet. We uh, we'd call our lineups into the commissioner, and we'd get a. Uh, summary every four weeks kind of how we were doing that sort of thing so uh so yeah i've been playing for a long time i've been doing dynasty for six years now um and uh and obviously the dynasty dynasty thing thing kind of uh kind of took took hold you know dynasty football is the way to play in my opinion i love redraft as well but uh but i lean towards dynasty um you know it's my personal preference uh and um yeah my my traditional draft strategy i'm i i I lean running back heavy, so normally early I am going running back. Try to base base my running uh, my strategy on uh, getting a couple solid running backs to build my team around, and hopefully finding sleepers at the receiver and uh, quarterback positions. So traditionally, in a traditional dynasty uh, PPR league, that's how I want to build my team. With six years of dynasty experience, tell us about a, a memory, a great memory you've had, or a bad beat. Um, or a particularly good roster, or a particularly bad roster, and uh, some of the some of the players who have either helped you elevate your team or um, maybe victimized your team. Oh, for sure, for sure. Actually, uh, yeah, I've got I've got a couple stories. First off, uh, my cousin is the one who got me into fantasy football. We're real close, but we're very competitive. So we are in a couple different leagues together, and there was one league in particular where we were playing. 
the winner got to go into the fantasy championship and um i had jeremy hill left and he had uh four players on the denver bronco roster and he was winning uh going into monday night and jeremy hill had the game of his life a huge touchdown run and i ended up somehow uh pulling out the victory by two points and uh and yeah, that 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 felt great, you know, beating somebody who's kind of a a rival like that, you know, that that stays with you. So Jeremy Hill, has always uh, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for him. Uh, as far as a bad beat goes, the very next year, in a dynasty league, I was playing my cousin in the championship game, and uh, it just so happens that he was calling to congratulate me on a victory. It wasn't over yet, but I was up 48 points, and uh, the afternoon games were heading to a uh, to an end. When uh, Allen Robinson catches a 90-yard touchdown pass for him, and all of a sudden Arizona's defense starts uh, intercepting Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was the worst game of Aaron Rodgers' career, and that Arizona defense ended up winning it for him. And uh, as he was calling to congratulate me, the phone call soon turned into me congratulating him, and that stuck with me for a while, man. That that one hurt. So, uh, yeah. So I've yeah I've had those bad beats, and Allen Robinson. The, the the worst part of it was Allen Robinson was originally on my roster. I ended up cutting him after the first week because he did next to nothing. My cousin picked him up, and and uh, and he ended up ended up winning a fantasy championship for him and costing me one. So, yeah, yeah, that one stuck with me. Uh, Even, that one's still with me. That's even worse with your own guy, with your own player. <laughs> One one last one for you because this is uh, you know we we definitely are a, a quarterback centric podcast here. We focus quite a bit on superflex and two QB, but we also try and uh, really put under the microscope all of the alternate scorings and settings for dynasty and uh, redraft fantasy football. So we talk quite a bit about tight end premium. We talk about points per carry, um, uh, you know, points per first down from time to time things like that. So tell us what is your favorite uh, fantasy or dynasty format um, of all the leagues that you're in, at least. Sure. Yeah, that's that's an easy one for me. To me, it's a salary cap dynasty league. Uh, pretty nice. simple, straightforward. Yeah, I, I think the salary cap aspect really adds so much to it. You have a rookie draft. It's so important you're hitting on those rookies because eventually, you know, those superstars you're relying on get, get to be too much. You know, you can't can't afford to keep them. You got to let them go. You got to make those tough decisions. And really, really, uh, team building is important. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, be competitive year in and year out, you really gotta gotta be on your, uh, you know, find that value and uh, and and hit those rookie drafts. So yeah, to me, that's that's the best way to play, in my opinion. I've got one of those leagues, and I'm horrible at it. I mean, I ended up dra- I, I ended up drafting a really good team. And uh, I have a feeling that the the entire the sky is just going to fall on top of me at the end of this season when I have to start figuring out contracts. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about contract leagues with you. And, oh uh, man, yeah. Beyond that, man, it's it's just really good to have you on the show. Um, it's uh, and I'm really looking forward to working with you. Let's move on to you, Travis. Travis Rasmussen. And uh, heyo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Travis, the beard, first of all, uh, the, the most remarkable beard, um, definitely in the DFF army and, uh, quite possibly, um, in the running for, for one of the best in the entire United States. How did that come about? Where did the beard come from? Wow, dude, that's a, that's a I big ambushed compliment. you. 
came mostly from my my face, my cheek, and my chin area. Um, the <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I've been. I've been <laughs> Is it too late to to fire this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to cut that one out. Um, no, I'm leaving that. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, I just, I got, I, honestly, I got lazy for, like, a several-week period, and it and it got a little long, and I was like, oh, why not just try this, and so, that's that's the cool story to the beard. That's that's a story of all great fashion statements. It all starts yeah, with man. laziness somewhere, so, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, Travis, where are you from, and who's your favorite NFL team? I'm from California originally, I'm, right now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and it's all about the Cardinals, baby. Is that, has it always been the Cardinals or is that just since you moved there and started growing a beard? I've got kind of an unusual football story. Um, I did not care about or watch football for the majority of my life. Um, up until about four years ago. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so, the uh, my family is a big sports family, and and my 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 father and my brothers have been playing fantasy football for I mean since I can remember, and you know they tried to get me to play when I was like eleven or whatever, and I just you know wasn't I didn't care, and so about four years ago they asked me like randomly asked me to be in a league again, and I was like all right what the hell you know so I tried it and. It just, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, you know, it just, it took off and it's just, the, the obsession is real, man. And it, yeah. So, I mean, I, I've just, since, you know, four years ago, just been consuming as much football and, and fantasy football as I possibly could. And this, I've only been, I've only been playing dynasty for a year. Um, and then yeah, fantasy four years. So I, I'm the noob of the group, I guess. Nice. I'm, Nothing wrong James, with that. James has a whole lifetime on me. <laughs> yeah. Try to say I'm old, Travis. <laughs> you said that, sir, not me. I did. I did. I feel it too. <laughs> they always talk about it. there's there are always those players in the NFL that they talk about. You know, he he didn't even start playing until he was a senior in high school, or you know, someone plucked him out of the jungle and taught him how to play defensive end or whatever. Um, I can't remember who that was. I think was it Ebenezer Ekubon? There was there was somebody like that in the in the early two thousands that they talked about. Um, yeah, I just, totally I totally know who that guy is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so anything before the last four years is just gonna be we're gonna be just completely out of your element or. Or, or, or was there some kind of system for for getting caught up on on a lifetime of football in four years? Yeah, I mean, I've you know, as far as really old history, there's definitely stuff that I don't know. But you know, uh, you know the a football life documentaries and and all that kind of stuff has been a help for sure. Nice thirty, uh, 30 for thirty. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. But no, I mean, that's the you know, I've just been. I've been all about that kind of stuff. And then, you know, just everything. I I know everything about the last four years. So we're all right. I think that's awesome, actually. And I, and I have a feeling that that's going to be very helpful. Um, just because 
sometimes it's pretty easy to to keep falling back on on what you know and past experiences. We were talking about this offline, and I have a a, a, a mental block about Matthew Stafford, for instance. And oh. uh, you know, I just I had him on my team a few too many times, and he burned me a few too many times. You know, I could put the best team ever around him and still couldn't win championships just because Matthew Stafford just never quite did enough to get me there. <laughs> so, it you know, and, and it starts to turn into a little bit of a complex, and then it turns into a strategy. <laughs> and next thing you know, the, my my draft strategy calls for drafting, you know, Aaron Rodgers in the, the first round of a redraft league because... I don't want to get stuck with Matthew Stafford or somebody in that in that range. So so I I like the idea of you know coming into this with a fairly fresh set of eyes and you know an, enough experience to know what you're doing but also not enough experience to let it get in the way of what you're doing, you know? I I I don't know if that's where you're at, but I've got a fantasy going here, and uh, I'd really like to just roll with it if we could. So, <laughs> so that—that's what you are to me at this point, Travis. You're—you're—you're uh, you're, you're still finding your legs in fantasy, and because of that, you are not jaded. And uh, I really like—you're also just a, a, a an enormous beard that's taking up my entire computer screen right now. So. <laughs> But, yeah, I, mean, I have absolutely no problem with Matthew Stafford. So, <laughs> see, there you go. <laughs> In a couple of years, he will. He will. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to welcome you guys onto the show. I want to thank you for for joining me on here, and uh, we're going to have a great time with with uh, Super Flexible going forward. And uh, I'm I'm just really excited about this this new lineup. Um, definitely wish uh, Jake and Addison the best in their future endeavors. And uh, moving forward, I think that uh, I don't I don't see any reason that we're going to miss a beat because Travis and James are absolute pros with a ton of knowledge and a ton of perspective. Let's call it that for Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and a ton of hair. <laughs> and a ton of facial hair. Let's get into some news going into week six of the NFL season. Like I said at the at the top, week five was just filled with carnage. Um, and it starts with Odell Beckham Jr. He's out for the season with a broken fibula. The Giants also lost Brandon Marshall for the season with, a, uh, with an ankle injury. Um, he's having surgery and he'll be out for the season. They also lost Dwayne Harris for the season. And Sterling Shepard also left the game with an ankle injury. Um, it looks like he's he will be back. He'll miss a little bit of time, but he'll be back. So, absolutely nothing left in the receiving core for the for the New York Giants. James, can you tell me or, or what wide receiver options does Eli Manning currently have if no moves are made? Yeah, John, there's not much. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll go through the names real quick. Tavares King uh, is a guy he hasn't dressed very often this year. Um, same thing with Travis Rudolph is another guy that they have. Now, he's an interesting name. He's a young player out of Florida State who performed really at a high level while in college, but really it, it hasn't translated early on in his NFL career yet. Uh, Roger Lewis is the guy. He did have one reception for 29 yards in that touchdown in the last game. 
And I think that's a guy that most people kind of pigeonhole as a guy to pick up uh, for the Giants. They do have a few guys on their practice squad, and one of the guys I kind of wanted to gloss over was uh, Darius Poe. Um, he uh, he was on their team uh, during the preseason, and they uh, uh, he had a really good training camp, a good preseason, and he got hurt. Uh, they released him with an injury settlement, and they just re-signed him this morning, uh, on Monday morning. They just re-signed him um, to the practice squad. Uh, but he's a guy to keep an eye on. He came out of Cal, and he knows the system. Um, so maybe somebody who, now that he's healthy um, and had, you know, is coming off a good preseason and a good training camp might be a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, other than that, there's really not a whole lot here. Um, I would expect the Giants to look somewhere outside to kind of bring someone in. Travis, for those of, for those of us who lost Odell Beckham Jr. for the season yesterday, um, what the hell are we supposed to do? This is not okay. <laughs> Do you have some ideas for for those of us who are who are just at the edge of the cliff right now? Talk us that's, off, that's, Travis. I know, man. It's rough, dude. I I mean, there's obviously not going to be any one for one replacements available. Um, you know, for 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 redraft leagues, there's some pretty decent options that might be able to get you through. You know, on a week to week basis, I've got. You know, I mean. If Devin Funches isn't owned, I know it's not not a sexy name, but he he's a he's owned in sixty four percent of leagues, so he might be there. And he's I mean he's been putting up numbers, you know he's he's has been you know really productive since uh, Greg Olson went down. He's I think he's easily going to be you know oh, at least a wide receiver three, maybe even a wide receiver two going forward. Um, Amendola available in sixty three percent of leagues. I the two I I think that I would be going after Corey Davis. He's still hurt. So I don't, I don't think they're going to bring him back until maybe even after the bye in week eight, he could be a solid wide receiver too with, with upside, you know, at, after that point he had uh, pretty solid production. I think he had six catches and, and 11 targets in his first game. So I think that's a pretty solid option. He's available in 23% of leagues. Um, as far as, um, you know, dynasty, obviously none of these guys are available. If you are a contender and you need some points, some replacements, um, I think my favorite guy to go after right now is Chris Hogan. Um, he's still not a sexy name to most people. And so you still might be able to buy kind of low. Um, cause I think people are still for the most part thinking, you know, his production could fall off at, at any point, but he's got I mean, his first five games, five, six, six, nine, and 11 targets. He's got at least 60 yards and a touchdown in every week since week two. Um, and you wouldn't really think that if you're just, you know, if you, oh, Chris Hogan, you know, nobody, he doesn't have that name cachet yet. So I think he could still be a pretty decent buy. And again, Devin Funchess in Dynasty, I'd still buy him. I think a good buy low too. You guys might disagree, but I think Terrell Pryor still got a shot at, you I know, love that one. No, yeah, yeah. Building some rapport with cousins, and uh, I mean, I think he he's just too talented to be as bad as he's been. You know, yeah. and and I mean, cousins is good enough. I think there's a and solid, that, uh, some decent production. You know, yeah. In the second half of the, and that schedule starts to to lighten up quite a bit. Um, yeah, I've I've been on Kirk Cousins for a while, and and by extension, yeah, Terrell Pryor. Um, you know, just give them a little time to gel and wait for that, 
for that schedule to get a little bit easier and and look out i mean i i still see wide receiver one potential there so yeah some good names there um jj watt is out for the season with a tibial plateau fracture um i didn't watch the the part of the broadcast where they for some reason had a graphic ready to already queued up for that um so that sounds pretty gross but um yeah apparently there's uh this is this is something that they were more than prepared for on uh football night in america um it's funny you mentioned that i i thought i noticed the same thing i did watch (laughs) it and it they had like after it happened all they said was like oh it's a tibial plateau fracture kind of like you did and then yeah. they cut to a commercial and then when they came back from the commercial they had that They're graphic all experts up. All of a yeah, <laughs> that's amazing like, man, they got they got these guys on payroll ready to go man <laughs> oh man it is a different world right now <laughs> um so james what i'm curious about here is what this does to the texans defense um in terms of as a matchup for uh, for other offenses, particularly quarterbacks. This was one of the top defenses in the league, um, but, I mean, the, uh, that that was largely predicated on the pass rush, um, with uh, particularly with J.J. Watt. Um, do, do you feel like this uh, this does anything to the defense, and if does it become a, a juicier matchup for opposing quarterbacks? Yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, uh, you know, not only is J.J. Watt going to miss the season, but uh, Whitney Merciless is also going to be out for the season with the torn pectoral. Uh, and so, you know, they're going to be missing two starters, two uh, of their, their pass rushers. And so, yeah, you know, and I think two out of the three weeks, I know they played New England a few weeks ago. Uh, but even last week, you know, playing Kansas City, letting up 42 points, I definitely think. That this is a defense that uh, you know, if you have a quarterback, you're not so afraid to play them against uh, against Houston as you were previously. So yeah, I, I think it'll affect them negatively. Um, I don't know that I'm going to start every quarterback against Houston. I mean, they're still in a division with uh, with Blake Bortles, so I don't know that I'd go there. But uh, but I do think that if you have a decent quarterback option that you normally would shy away from against Houston, I I think I might I think I might roll the dice and start them. Nice. Love it, um, particularly with some of the quarterbacks who are about to get healthy there in the AFC South. And uh, I, I really like the idea of, uh, of a nice matchup against the Texans all of a sudden and instead of worrying about how many negative points I'm going to get from my quarterback. So yeah. Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser gets benched by the Browns. James, what are they going to do? You're a Browns fan. What what uh what do you want what do you want from uh from that situation? What do they do with Deshaun Kaiser, you know, specifically? What what's what's going to happen there? Well, you know, there's a there's a fine line. I mean, you know, do you want to throw him out here uh with the weapons or the lack of weapons that he has and and potentially ruin a uh, a young quarterback, you know, and uh but on the other hand, you know, the only way you learn is by playing the games. And we saw, you know, we've seen through time, you know, Troy Aikman go through a one in fifteen season and 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 that sort of thing and uh and it worked out. So um, you know, they definitely have a tough decision to make. I personally feel like Deshaun Kaiser should be the guy moving forward. Um, you know, you, you gotta find out whether or not Deshaun Kaiser is gonna be the guy 
and uh, and there's more to it than just the numbers that he's going to put up. Uh, you know, if you're the Cleveland Brass, you really have to figure out uh, is this guy going to grow? Um, how is this guy going to do when we do uh, put a team around him that can be competitive? And the only way to answer those questions is by playing them. So I, I think uh, by benching them now, you do a lot of damage. And so I think Kaiser's got to be the guy moving forward. Charles Clay has an MCL sprain and a torn meniscus, undergoes surgery, and is expected to miss a month to a month and a half. Got one more for you, Travis, because Derek Carr, broken back and all, is ex- expected to miss just one game in Week 5. He's already expected back uh, this week here in Week 6 at home against the Chargers. That's a decent matchup. You can definitely throw on the Chargers, but... I mean, this offense hasn't been anything like what we expected this season so far. And now the quarterback's got a broken back. What what can we reasonably expect here from Derek Carr? Yeah, I have in my notes, yay, with a question mark. He's coming <laughs> back. I mean, I'm not excited. I, he's He's been average so far. Um, broken back, dude, I mean, one week, I don't... I'm worried, man. I don't think, I mean, I think the risk of re-injury is insane. I would not feel comfortable putting him into my starting lineup. You know, you get halfway through the first quarter and he, and he you know, aggravates that, that back. I mean, it's a broken bone, dude. I, I don't, I think they're making a mistake. I think they should rest him a few more weeks. Uh, I wouldn't put a, I wouldn't play him. I mean, he, he, on top of that, he's got Kansas City and Buffalo in the next two out of three matchups. I mean, they, both of those defenses obviously have been pretty solid, and uh, he's been kind of sort of okay before the back injury. I mean, I, I'd be looking for another option for sure. Let's let's move the chains a little bit here, boys. Um, we're looking for three players moving up your rankings after week five. Um, let's start with you, Travis, with a quarterback. So, yeah, my quarterback is Dak Prescott. Um you know, obviously, he is already pretty high, I would think, for most dynasty owners in their rankings. I've got him all the way up at QB4. This, I mean, he is playing lights out, dude. And he's got a healthy Dez. Zeke's still there for now. I mean, that offense is working. And he, I mean, he's put up two, two, three, two, three touchdowns. I mean, He's balling out, so and he look, you know, he looks good. I've got him up at QB four, um, only behind. Let me see here, Rogers, Luck, and your boy Russell Wilson, John. Oh no, <laughs> how'd that happen? <laughs> that that broke my brain for a second there. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, all right. So remind me after this episode to. Uh, to give you a, a little bit of a lesson on who Russell Wilson is, but um, for now, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> for for now, I'll let it go. Just know, <laughs> for me, for me, Dak Prescott is way above Russell Wilson, and is based solely on the fact that Dak Prescott has been consistent. You know, for all the reasons that you just gave, and he's doing it consistently. Um, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson, you know. Two out of five weeks, he's been in the top two quarterbacks, and then the other three weeks he's been, you know, bottom twenty-four. So, uh, uh, yeah. Anyways, anyways, James, uh, let's let's. 
um, let's give you a shot here, and uh, let's. Uh, let, I'm I'm really hoping that the name Russell Wilson doesn't come up anymore yeah. <laughs> in this show, but we'll see. No, I uh, I tell you what, I went uh, I went deep on this one, and a guy I'm moving up my rankings is Jacoby Brissett. And uh, really, uh, he's played well. You know, he really has played pretty well in a tough position. Uh, we all know that Colts offensive line isn't great. Um, you know, I, that's part of the reason why Andrew Luck's not back there. Um, you know, Luck's injury history hasn't been great. Um, so they need a solid number two quarterback. Uh, I think Brissett's that guy. Um, you know, and, and Luck, he takes a lot of hits. He runs frequently. Um, he holds the ball too long. And so I think Brissett holds holds some pretty good value uh, after Luck does return. And who knows when that's going to be? I mean, we keep hearing that he's practicing, and then we hear it's not going to be till next month. And you know what? If they're not in, you know, if they're not in the thick of things next month, why why rush Luck back? You know, I mean, may, maybe it's just best for him to sit the year out. So maybe Brissett gets a full year under his belt, and who knows what his value is going to be? I mean, obviously this league. A lot of teams are looking for quarterbacks. So I think Brissett, uh, his value in Dynasty uh, in particular, really moves up to me. Um, he's a guy that I'd be willing to take the chance on and, uh, and roll the dice on if you can buy him low. And I've got Alex Smith. I need to preface this chalk. by saying, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very chalk. chalk. Very <laughs> chalk, for sure. There's no doubt. But here's the thing. I, I had him ranked really low going into the season, and I've been really hesitant to bring him up at any point. And I and, and I'm still there a little bit, but um, he's he. So the problem is for him to remain with the Kansas City Chiefs beyond this season. I don't care how good the stats are this year. I don't. He could even win the league MVP, and he still could be replaced by Patrick Holmes unless he can win in the playoffs. It's not something he's ever been able to do, and that's the entire reason that that the Chiefs moved up in the first round to draft Patrick Mahomes um, to reset with a guy who gives them a chance to actually win when it really, really matters. So I just have a feeling that Alex Smith right now is is on borrowed time, regardless of how well he's playing. But I now I'm to a point where I'm also saying that I think that statistically – he has played his way into a new job somewhere. It might not be in Kansas City next year, but I think that um, there there are going to be several teams uh, looking around the NFL right now who are going to be looking for a new quarterback, maybe to bridge the gap to their star rookie. But I think that there's going to be a place for Alex Smith next year, and so he's moving up my rankings a little bit. I, uh, yeah, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, I like that too, John. Absolutely. And uh, let's move on to the running backs. Who you got, Travis? Uh, running back moving up in my rankings after week five is Leonard Fournette. I know that seems kind of like a stupid, chalky choice because he's already pretty high. But this guy, I mean, especially in week five, he looked fantastic. I was worried about the offense. I had him pretty low. I didn't think they were going to be able to move the ball. He's got, I mean, he's, he's putting up numbers. He's got 14 carries in at least every game. He's getting to work. He's got at least a touchdown in every game. I've got him up to my dynasty running back number eight right now. What about you, James? Give us a running back who's climbing your rankings. Yeah, for me, it's Aaron Jones. Um, he looked the part coming in uh, against Chicago. When Ty Montgomery got hurt, 
followed that up with an even better performance against Dallas. He is a DFF favorite. Um, we've liked him here for a long time, and he really showed why. Uh, so he is he's a guy that's moving up my rankings for sure in Dynasty, and maybe a guy that even in redraft, I mean, there's no guarantee Ty Montgomery's going to get this guy off the field if he keeps doing what he's doing. So, yeah, Aaron Jones is a guy for me. I'm definitely moving up my rankings. And I've got Marlon Mack. Um, who I think is about to take over completely the starting job in, in Indianapolis. Um, Frank Gore still got the majority of the touches this week with 14 carries and three catches, but Marlon Mack with nine carries, he turned it into 91 yards and a touchdown and just looks like the better player right at the moment. Definitely more explosive, um, you know, with the, the younger, fresher legs. So I think he's taken over that starting job, and I don't think he's looking back. So now's the time to go uh, grab Marlon Mack and uh, get ready for the future. Don't look back, Marlon Mack. (laughs) We just gave him a new nickname. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, finally, let's get some pass catchers, starting with you, Travis. Yeah, mine's Will Fuller. Um, You know, he's kind of this enigma guy. You know, he was you know, a role player ancillary piece kind of last year in that, in that offense. And he, I mean, he's come back on fire obviously, but aside from the four touchdowns in two weeks, you know, he, he's proved that he's an integral part of that offense. And that offense more importantly is all of a sudden pretty damn dynamic uh, with Deshaun Watson. So I I think he's going to be a full-time player in that, in that offense. And I think, I think he's an easy you know, high upside flex every week. I got him at wide receiver 38, which isn't crazy high, but I had him down in the, you know, 50s before. Yeah, and I have a feeling he's going to go up even further. Um, how about you, James? Yeah, for me, it's uh, Josh Doxson. And really, it has to do with his health. He's finally healthy. This offense is finally clicking. And Pryor and Crowder have really struggled. So um, I like Josh Doxson a lot, uh, you know, because of that. Also, that schedule is going to lighten up. Uh, their schedule coming up looks looks really good for pass catchers. And Jordan Reed's always hurt. So when you look at the red zone, I really feel like Josh Doxson's going to be their best red zone threat. And I'm buying touchdowns. So I am definitely moving him up as long as he can stay healthy. I think he's got the talent to succeed in that offense. So, um, yeah, to me, it's, it's Josh Doxson here. And I'll take Devin Funches. Well, Travis, you talked about him earlier and uh, as a possible replacement for those of us who lost Odell Beckham to the injury. Um, two touchdowns on Sunday. He's getting a lot of the work, and he's seeing much better coverage because um, Kelvin Benjamin is still getting the, uh, the, primary, the primary coverage and uh, the, the majority of the game planning for the time being. So it looks like Devin Funches is about to take a step and uh, that's why I've got him climbing my dynasty rankings. We're going to move on now to three and out. We're looking for three guys moving down your rankings and one guy that you're straight up dropping or trading it for pennies on the dollar if you can, but um, a guy that you're willing to drop if you can. So let's start with you, Travis. Three guys that you're they're moving down your rankings and one guy that you're trying to get rid of um, by any means necessary. Yeah. Um, so my QB moving down is Big Ben. I'm done with this guy. You know, the, the home road split thing is a joke. He's been bad home and on the road this year. There's contention in the locker, whatever. He's not, he's not producing. He's playing bad. 
I, I honestly be trying to get whatever I can for him while there's still some residual name value left. I mean, he's old. I mean, we're talking dynasty. He's gonna be he's gonna be droppable in a year, in my opinion. Um, my my running back that's falling down, unfortunately, it's got to be Carlos Hyde. There, there's no guaranteed workload anymore. I mean, Shanahan said this week that they went with the hot hand. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's like that's the the nail in the coffin right there, man. He had eight rush attempts and one target this week. Matt Burita had ten rushing attempts and five targets. Shanahan said they're going to go with the hot hand going into next week. I mean, Carlos Hyde, I think, is very obviously the more talented running back. But if they're going to be messing with his workload on a week-to-week basis, I don't, I don't feel comfortable starting him anymore. Uh, my, my pass catcher moving down the ranks is Zay Jones. Um, you know, I don't think we could have asked for more of an opportunity for this guy uh, going into this year. And he just he's not getting it done. He's got 23 targets on the season. Can you guys guess how many catches he has on 23 targets? Ooh. <laughs> 50% catch rate would put him at 11 or 12, right? Right. Yeah, that's five. That's it's not good. that, right? Wow. Five. five on 23 targets this year. I mean. Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can sell him for anything, but he's looking like he might just not pan out. Um. The, the one guy I'm just straight dropping or just trying to trade for pennies on the dollar, it, I've got one for redraft. It, I mean, it's it's Crowell. I mean, it hurts me to say it. The DFF army was high on Crowell all, all offseason, and we're, we're all taking a slap in the face on this one, man. He, he is 100% droppable in redraft leagues. At Dynasty, can we talk about Tavon Austin real quick? What, what are the Rams doing? That He had six carries and five targets, he had he he dropped two balls and he he muffed two punts. I mean, this guy shouldn't be getting the work that he's getting. I, I don't think he's worth anything. I don't think he's going to be any good. You might be the reason I put him on here. You might be able to actually get something for him after this week because the stat line looks all right because he scored a touchdown. But this guy is bad at football. Give us some guys, James. Who's uh, three guys moving down your rankings and one guy. Uh, getting straight up dropped or traded for next to nothing. Yeah, I uh, well, first off, a guy I'm going to move down my rankings is Sam Bradford. Um, this is a guy who, I mean, I, it, it's really strange with, with Bradford because the injury he has, all the reports are indicating that it's something he can play through. It's painful, but an injury that he can play through. And just on Monday night, we saw him go out there. He, he I, I mean, it was terrible. They pulled him. Case Keenum came in, and Case Keenum looks better. Well, Teddy Bridgewater is getting into game shape. Um, Case Keenum has looked really good. I don't know if there's a rush to put Bradford out there anymore, and he's a guy I'm definitely moving down my rankings after a really, really solid start to the season, too. Uh, it's disappointing that uh, that he's kind of had that, uh, you know, that this injury and just kind of everything that's kind of happened with him. Uh, has happened this year. Uh, another guy, I'm I'm lowering down my rankings. I'm not I'm not going to drop. I, I know Travis would in redraft for sure. Um, but uh, but in dynasty, a guy who I'm going to drop in in dynasty and really in redraft a little bit too is Isaiah Crowell. Um, obviously, a guy who has disappointed uh, 
you know, disappointed this year. Uh, Duke Johnson is is being more effective at running back, and that's a guy who they wanted to move to receiver at the beginning of the season. So uh, when when a guy who you know is a guy that they're pigeoning pigeonholing as a uh, a guy they're going to line up out wide is more effective in the backfield than you, you know something's wrong. And I, I can't I can't pinpoint it with Crowell. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, sometimes his vision just doesn't look great. Sometimes it looks down. It looks like he goes down early. Um, you know, with at, at first contact. Um, but either way, it's definitely a guy I'm moving down. Um, the only caveat I'll say is that he's a free agent after this year, and I would expect that he ends up on a different team, and that might be the best thing for him. You know, a, a new team, a new you know, a new start somewhere else. I think would be huge for him. Um, and for a pass catcher, a guy that I'm moving down my rankings is Tyler Eifert. Look, tight end is tough. It's a tough position out there. I mean, when you find a guy like Tyler Eifert, a guy who has shown previously that he can put up elite tight end one numbers, you know, you, you kind of you kind of remember that that sticks with you, you know, and and, you know, for lack of better options, you kind of kind of end up gravitating to a guy like that. But obviously, he, he just can't stay healthy. And and that's that's been the knock on him, and that that continues to be. That's a guy that I, I think you got to move down your rankings, even under some guys who are maybe a little bit less talented, but guys who are going to be on the field that can help you contribute. Um, and the last guy, for me, a guy that I would almost drop right out, especially in redraft, I would is Mark Ingram. And uh, you know, I Alvin Kamara has really really taken that that job, uh, putting a stranglehold on that job. Um, and Mark Ingram does a lot of the same things Adrian Peterson does, and he's just never been a guy that Sean Payton really trusts, at least not not the past couple of years. Um, when Tim Hightower is getting carries over Mark Ingram like he was last year, you know that there's something wrong. Uh, something's not right there. And so uh, if you look at that, uh, you know, and you look at the numbers that Ingram's put up or the lack thereof, I, I think he's borderline droppable. Or, you know, if you're in Dynasty trying to trade him for yeah anything, at this point, he's getting up there in age too, and the carries uh, are are, uh, are piling up. So I, I think I would try to move him if, if I was uh, if I was a Mark Ingram owner, I would take a less than what his value probably should be, uh, just to move him and get something in return. And I'm definitely moving down Eli Manning. Um, I it, it might be a little too soon to drop him, but I'm getting awfully close, um, especially in the super flex league. I mean, you've got to you've got to hang on to him for now, but. I, I kind of think that he's another guy who's just going to bridge the gap to the future quarterback next year is, is about all uh, he's going to be able to do. And as for this year, no receivers left. It's as simple as that. Um, I'm moving DeMarco Murray down as well. I think that uh, Derrick Henry's time is coming, and I think that that is a very favorable schedule moving forward for the tit- for the Titans. I think that he's... Uh, that Derrick Henry takes that role sooner rather than later. I'm moving down Martavis Bryant for my pass catchers. Um, and, you know, Travis, you already talked about Ben Roethlisberger. And by extension, Martavis Bryant is just not getting not he, – he's not getting the ball right now. Um, he's not the volume guy. He's, he's more of the touchdown threat. And, I mean, they're just not getting into scoring range. And uh, – so I I am just kind of done with Martavis Bryant for the time being, um, you know maybe wait and see what happens with a future quarterback, but uh, as long as it's Ben Roethlisberger, I don't see this picking up. And then I talked about it last week, but I'm dropping Jay Cutler in 
absolutely any format. He's got no value left for this season. I don't know that he keeps a starting job for very long. And I I just I don't know when you're ever gonna start the guy in in any format. When are you ever gonna feel comfortable, even in a super flex or two QB league, because you run the risk of getting negative points. He's just he's just not able to produce. He should have stayed retired. He's going to go back into retirement after this year, um, or maybe even sooner. And uh, so I'm I'm just dropping him if there's any way to do it. You're dropping Jay Cutler in Superflex Dynasty? Correct. To, to the waiver wire? Yes. Yes, sir. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh man new set of hosts and uh <laughs> same, same, <laughs> can't call out the exact same no way. i don't listen i i completely <laughs> agree with everything that you said mm-hmm. but he's a starting quarterback for now i mean if we're if we're if we're rostering jacoby Brissett, mm-hmm. i just think i think you could get some i mean you could get you could i mean you could get a third for him right if okay an 18 yeah. third no, I'm like, I'm, dude, I mean, I'm with you there. Uh, I, I'll, I, I will make that much of a retraction if there's a way to trade Jay Cutler for, to somebody who isn't completely done with him yet and who needs a warm body to put at that super flex position. Um, you know, maybe the the Marcus Mariota owner, or the Eli Manning owner, something like that. Then, then do it. But if you can't find a trade, yeah, I'm done with him. If there's if you have any need for a ro- I'd rather have a roster spot than Jay Cutler taking up space on my roster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. My, I guess my thought, if you're going to drop him, he's going to get picked up. And he's pro- people are probably going to spend money on him. Yep. So if, that, if that's the case, that means someone's going to be willing to give you something. I mean, yeah. even if, like I said, even if it's an 18th third, you know, I mean, I just think if you just drop him straight to the waiver wire, you, you're missing out on maybe just a little bit of value. Yeah. No, you're probably right. Yeah. If you can find a trade, do it. But yes. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Fair, fair enough. All right. Looking deep time for looking deep. We want one or two players to target who are right now are either on waivers or possibly available in trades um, right now before they're, value goes through the roof and uh we each have um we have at least one maybe two we'll start with you travis um give us a couple players to look deep for yeah so i i, I kind of pulled one for redraft and one for dynasty um obviously looking deep in redraft is totally different than looking deep in dynasty and for for redraft i think you i think every i think Corey davis needs to be owned in every league He's 23% owned in redraft right now, which I think is pretty crazy. I talked about him a little bit earlier, um, but he—I mean—he could be that. He could be a solid producer for your for your redraft team, um, you know, post week eight in that in that last stretch. Um, for for dynasty, I kind of took the meaning of this question a little differently. In I went <laughs> more for the uh, target in trades before they get more expensive, uh, and I went with Odell Beckham. So. Obviously, this is not deep, uh, but you know if there's Odell Beckham's value is lower right now than it has been in three years. 
So if you're ever going to buy him, now would be the time. I mean, he's not going to be cheap. He's it's not a deep guy, but this is the only chance you're going to get any sort of discount on Odell Beckham. He's the wide receiver one in Dynasty. And, you know, I'd be throwing some offers out. So I agree with you that it's worth a shot and it's worth it to throw out an offer. I don't think that this does anything to his dynasty value. I really don't. And, in fact, I got an offer today. I mean, it's it's not anywhere close to what you're talking about. Um, granted, I'll definitely give you that. But it was uh, a 2018 first, a 2019 first, and Mike Gillisley. And it's like, that's still, <laughs> that's still not close, you know? 2019 draft picks do absolutely nothing for me. 2018, I have no idea where that's going to be. Um, so I have to assume that it's mid to late. And uh, I'm I'm not taking on a, a touchdown-dependent running back in return for the number one dynasty asset. <laughs> so, um, right. I, and I'm not I'm not saying you should. I, my my point is, you know, I, I I don't think his value is super depressed, but it's more depressed than it was a week ago. And yeah. so if you're try, you know, if you're already trying to get him, if you're, you know, and if you're, if the OBJ owner was a contender, and they don't want to lose out on their chance for that championship, you know, and they need points. I mean, you know, would they take a Michael Thomas for him straight up? You know, would they take? You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. Where it's like, obviously, it's very specific circumstances. But like, I saw this trade on Twitter today. It's a little bit more complicated, but you know. The guy, it's two QB super flex, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, well, not two. That's stupid. But super flex league. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm a contender who lost OBJ. So someone's offering Dez, Matt Ryan, and JJ Nelson for Odell Beckham, Simeon, and Ellington. Like, I, I take the OBJ side on that all day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, if people are, I don't know. I'm just thinking some people are doing it. You might as well throw an offer out. He's cheaper than he was a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so I guess, I guess my thing is I had to kind of consider his value to me in a dynasty league. And I mean, I've, I've got a good enough team in that league that I'm, you know, I'm still undefeated. I lead the league in scoring and my receiving core is going to be honestly just fine without Beckham, um, which is definitely an outlier, but, um, it, it definitely made me sit there and consider what would it take um, for somebody to trade for Beckham, and I, I don't think that it's changed. I really don't. I, I, I could see your point, um, you know, in the case of somebody who uh, who's in contention and needs wide receiver help because they just lost Beckham. Um, so, so, yeah, I guess I'm with you there. For the most part, though, I just, I, you know, if he was if he was 28 years old instead of 24 years old, then I feel like it does something to his dynasty value, but um, uh-huh. otherwise, I—I I mean, I—I I feel like, you know, he's—you're just putting him on IR, and you're going right back to having the number one dynasty asset uh, in 2018. Give us a guy or two looking deep, James. Yeah, I, uh, I I approach this as uh, kind of a dynasty point of view perspective. And the first guy uh, I want to talk about a little bit is uh, Leontay Carew. Uh, I think you touched a little bit, John, on you know Cutler and and where where that's headed. Um, and you know that I I think the fans want Matt Moore. I mean they're chanting that they want Matt Moore. They want more. Um, 
So I think I think that's coming eventually. I mean, it, it very well may be real soon. Uh, so I, I like Leonte Carew um, a lot because he's worked with Matt Moore. Um, that's a guy who, you know, with the second string offense, he's going to work with. They're going to have chemistry. And there's also some questions on, on uh, some of the receiving options there. Devontae Parker you know, left the game with an ankle injury. It's said to be day-to-day. <clears throat> but I think we know, you know, with a receiver, when it's it's a foot or an ankle injury, that could be something that sticks with them for a while. So uh, something to monitor. And uh, and Leonte Carew is a guy who I think is talented enough to where if he does get a chance to play an extended period of time, um, you know, with a guy that he already has some established chemistry with, I, I, I think that could mean good things for Leonte Carew. So that's a guy that I'd be buying low on right now and, you know, trying to, trying to add to my dynasty rosters. Uh, second guy that I'm looking at, and really this is more or less based on I, I think he's going to get opportunity because of some of the injuries that are there, uh, and that's Justin Hardy, uh, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, Julio Jones with the hip injury, you know, I mean, there's he did have a bye week, but, you know, again, you know, there's uh, there's another receiver who, um, you know, a hip injury is something that, you know, that's, that's not an easy recovery. You know, that's going to be tough, and that's going to be something that, may stick with him a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, you had Sanu weave uh, that game with an injury too. Uh, so, I mean, really, Matt Ryan was working with a, a skeleton group uh, after those guys left with Taylor Gabriel and uh, and Justin Hardy. And Justin Hardy did, uh, you know, end up uh, having a touchdown. And, you know, obviously being the bigger of the two as far as between him and Taylor Gabriel, uh, you know, he was able to kind of show a little bit of chops in the red zone. So, just a guy that I think, you know, if he gets an opportunity, uh, you know, may end up showing that, you know, he can do a few things on the field and may end up, you know, uh, establishing a role for himself further down the line. Uh, he's definitely a guy, you know, he was super productive in college, a guy that I think, uh, you know, like I said, given a chance, I think he might be able to step up. So I, I would take a flyer on him. Uh, it's probably a guy you can get off the waiver wire if he's owned in dynasty. I don't think it's going to cost you very much at all. Um, He's probably an end-of-the-bench guy, a guy that people are looking to cut. So I would definitely look at uh, Justin Hardy as well as a buy-low candidate. And I'm looking at Devontae Booker. Um, he was a guy who uh, the talk here in Denver back in August, and well, July and August, before the, uh, the wrist injury for Booker, this was a guy pushing for a starting job, number one, who was going to push C.J. Anderson, push C.J. Anderson, and because of that, he was actually going to make C.J. Anderson expendable. Um, where they felt like they needed help on the defensive side, there was talks of trade. Um, so Booker coming back from an injury, and it's not an injury that affected that affects his explosion or his speed or his cutting. Um, it was a, it was a hand injury, a wrist injury. So you know you can expect the uh, the exact same type of uh, running ability that that he took into training camp and it almost won him a starting job before he got injured. So I, I see a big uh, timeshare coming for Devonte Booker. And I think he's going to slowly elbow um, both Jamal Charles and eventually CJ Anderson out of the way and uh, take over that starting job. That's a bold take. He's going to just win the job outright. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it, It'll take some time. I think that this injury was a definite setback. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they had designs on making him the starter um, from the moment they drafted him. In the history, you know, my long extended history of, of playing in Dynasty for all these years, I've been holding him on, on my... 
That was a joke because I've only been playing Dynasty for one year, John. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's gonna yeah. be a that's gonna be a hard uh, little wrinkle to to keep in mind. <laughs> Your experience and James's last name; those two. It's gonna take a while for that one to saturate my my psyche. All right, one last segment, and uh, and then we can get out of here. We got the super streak, the super flexible super streak going on right now. And uh, um, I know that you guys haven't joined just yet, but um, I have no idea where the standings are on that thing. That that wasn't my deal at all. I came up with the idea, and beyond that, it just, I, I mean, one of the other guys just took it and ran with it. So I have no idea where that thing's at. But the entire point of it is it's a, it's a version of Eliminator and Beat the Streak. Um, but rather than picking one, uh, picking a team to win each week, instead we're using quarterbacks. You can pick one or you can pick two quarterbacks that you believe will pass for 250 or more yards. And uh, again, you can only use those quarterbacks once throughout the course of the season. So it's a, it's a twist on um, Eliminator, Beat the Streak, and uh, a version of Superflex that doesn't involve actually setting a full Superflex lineup. So it's been a lot of fun so far. and uh, But we're looking for some ideas for some Super Streak uh, quarterbacks for week number six. Let's start with you, Travis. So I'm, I'm going to go with Cam. I think, you know, we got to use him while he's hot. Uh, you know, we, there's no guarantee that this production continues, and he's going up against Philly next week. It's one of the league's worst secondaries right now, so... I think he's I think he's a lock for 250. Nice. What do you think, uh, James? Well, I'm I'm going out on a limb here, uh, and I know <laughs> I know I know earlier uh, when talking about Houston's defense, I said I wouldn't start any quarterback against them, but this week I probably would, and the reason being is because it's the first week without without Merciless, without Watt. I really feel like it's going to be tough for them to to try and figure out. Um, you know, a way to replace those guys on a week, you know, in a week, they played on Sunday night, they didn't play during the day, so they, they was a little bit of time there too, so I really feel like I'm going to go, and, and Travis, I know you're going to call me a cheater, so I'm going to call myself a cheater a little bit here uh, <laughs> before Travis calls me out on it, uh, but John, I, I'm going, I'm going to take the, the Browns quarterback, whoever that's going to be starting, and uh, I'm assuming it's going to be Kaiser. Cheater! I, uh, <laughs> and uh, if I'm taking a Browns quarterback, I I think uh, you know uh, I I think uh, I, I think you guys should let me. All right, because because this is not gonna be, not going to be a you're not going to be a guy who's going to throw for 250 yards very often. Um, but I could see the narrative, the game the game script going that way too, where they're throwing a lot. Um, and uh, and so I'm I'm going to go with the Browns quarterback, whoever it is starting. Yeah, I you, think you, I think that's fair enough. I think we need some clarification here. Uh-huh. If if Hogan's if Hogan gets the start and he throws for 150 and then gets benched and then Kaiser comes in and throws for 150, does James still get the W here? <laughs> man, oh, you man. Saw right that would I, be I, that would be actual cheating. <laughs> I <think. laughs> yeah, I, I suppose I can't take a whole team's quarterbacks, right? So no, I'll, I'll take whoever starts. Whoever starts, I'll take. There you go. All right. Okay, whichever name it is, it starts. All right, yeah, so it's equal parts cheating and insane. So um, it's definitely <laughs> something that I would let go personally um, as, a, as a member of the league. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Um, and yet another chalk 
call, but at home against the Cleveland Browns. And for all the reasons that James just mentioned, there's a very good chance that this turns into a little bit of a shootout. I'm not expecting a lot from the Browns offense, but I think that they can do enough um, against this defense to keep Deshaun Watson throwing. And he's got weapons all over the place. We talked about Will Fuller earlier. So, um, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is wide receiver one right now and uh, leads the league in targets. So the the weapons are there. The opportunity is there against a really bad defense at home. Just the total formula that you're looking for. So there's our, uh, our super streakers for week number six. One thing, John, real quick, if you don't mind, I want to add on that. Definitely. Um, you know, something something interesting, uh, McCourty for, for Cleveland is now the number two ranked cornerback um, on PFF rankings. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a guy who's going to be covering Hopkins. So uh, might be a, might be a game where Hopkins maybe doesn't do as much. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it's Fuller that gets it done or, uh, you know, some of the other options and even maybe uh, some of the running backs out of the backfield. But um, I would definitely, I, I don't I don't know that Hopkins has, has the biggest game this, this week. We'll see. Interesting. I did not know that about uh, about McCourty. I, I, luckily, I mean, I can still stand by it because, like I said, there's there are plenty of other weapons. It, it just means it all gets funneled over to, uh, um, to Will Fuller this week. But uh, I think 250 yards is still doable for Deshaun Watson. If he can do it against, oh. uh, you know, against Marcus Peters, I think that he can get it done. But that's that's an interesting development. All of a sudden, the Browns have a competent player on the defensive side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Miles Garrett looked awful competent too with two sacks in his debut. So um, oh, that might true. be that, that there might be a pass rush too, which uh, would be the first time in Cleveland for a while that we've had a good pass rush. So very true, man. Miles Garrett looked good. That's going to do it for us for this week of Super Flexible, um, the uh, the maiden voyage with uh, the current lineup. And uh, man, it was a fun one, guys. This is going to be fun going forward uh, talking fantasy football with you guys um so i'm really glad to have you both here um two members of the dff army dynasty football factory you can find at dff underscore dynasty and dynasty football network at df underscore network follow the super flexible podcast on twitter as well at super flex pod and our trades account at super flex trades where you can send us all your super flex and dynasty trades and we can uh, retweet it and get it out to the masses and get you some more votes and uh, maybe even analyze it on the podcast from time to time. So uh, definitely send those out. Um, follow Travis on Twitter at TravisNFL. James is at DFF underscore Psychic. And I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. You can also check out all the DF Network podcasts. We've got so much centric stuff, so much focus in the DF network. So check out the fantasy football fellas in the dynasty war zone, um, for both, uh, normal redraft and normal dynasty settings. Um, you can also check out the IDP edge crushers for everything that you need to know on the IDP and defensive side of the ball, the Debbie watch podcast, um, bringing you all the info on the college scene and the soon to be NFLers, um, all the guys that you need for your, your, uh, Debbie leagues and for the future of Dynasty Fantasy Football. 
And now the brand new Capology 101, talking about salaries and contracts in the NFL. Um, very useful stuff uh, from uh, Jason Waltner and Brian Hawkins. Um, guys talking about some are, some new contracts coming, some some contracts expiring, and uh, the way it's going to affect all of your dynasty leagues and uh, all of the players on your team. So. So many good podcasts with such useful information on the DF Network. DFF is doing it right right now and bringing you all the info you could possibly need regardless of the format that you're playing in. Um, If you could uh, follow us on Podbean as well as uh, wherever you listen to us, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and give us ratings and reviews. That helps so much. Uh, If you could do that, we'd really, really appreciate it. For Travis, for James, I'm John, and best of luck in week six. Uh,